You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So because we are kicking off uh, VBS uh, this week, uh, we are very intentional about kids and uh, reaching children in our area. In fact, Jesus said, uh, let the little children come to me uh, and do not hinder them. So we don't want to do anything that's going to be an obstacle for children to come to Jesus. He said, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And, and as I look out in the audience, I see some, some kids and uh, just want you to know that uh, we have a wonderful uh, kid zone that uh, we know that kids would love to connect to. And it's a place that, that, uh, that we're really investing into because we know that Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. Um, but when I think about children, I also think about families. And uh, not only does God care about us as individuals, but he cares about the family unit in general. In, in fact, uh, my family, we were just in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago, and we were there for two family functions. We went there for a family reunion, and that was really cool. Uh, on the, the screen, you'll see images, and on the left side is uh, my uncle and aunt, uh, my uncle Lalo, which is my dad's brother, and my aunt Tini. And, and the great thing about them, we're walking the the red carpet. On the on the carpet, there were stars of all the all the Reese uh, clan. And so we walked into this amazing uh, venue, and there were the names of all the people that have married into the Reese's. So there was just amazing. And so my uncle Lalo, uh, one of the the patriarchs of our family, but it's really cool because. Um, Uncle Lalo came to church here one Sunday years ago and uh, uh, did not have a uh, relationship with Jesus. He, he knew religion, but he didn't know Jesus as his Savior, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And so not only is he my r- related uh, bi- uh, biologically, but also he's an eternal family member. So we're going to see each other in heaven forever. So that's really, really cool. And then you can see us uh, taking a picture there, minus JJ, uh, in, in front of the Reese banner, which I thought was really cool. But we also went for a family vacation. And, uh, you know, when you go to, to Los Angeles, everyone says you need to go to what? Disneyland. And so we spent the whole two days uh, there at Disney. The first day we walked 13 miles. And uh, you could tell by the way we looked on that picture that we were, we had felt that, that, that the, all the walking. And, uh, and it was just a, just a great time. I love family because God loves family. And I also understand, because of God's word, that the family unit is God's design for a healthy society. In fact, the, the, the health of our families in a community or in the, the health of our families in a, in a society, in a, in a country, are going to say the health of, of, of that society as a whole. And if, and if families are broken, then schools are going to be broken. If families are, are, are healthy, then uh, not only are schools going to be healthy, but also your communities are going to be healthy. And so God gives us a, a, a picture of, of what healthy families should be because we are all 
in a war. We are all going through, through, through this life and, and uh, the enemy of our souls is desiring to break up the family. So I'm doing this, this series on uh, uh, We Are Family. And so I want us to stand up as we start the, the, the series. Just stand up with me. Believe me, I won't hurt you. Uh, stand up and, and just get ready because I want you to be nice and loose and, and get ready for, for this series. So uh, go ahead and, and let's, get, let's get loosened up. Christy, go ahead and help us with loosening up. So, All right. Come on. Get loosened up. here on the right side we've got the we've got the majority that are that really they got they got it going on here in the middle yeah i see that we're getting looser yeah a little bit more yeah some of you are freaking out like hey do they do this in church yeah we do and then here on the left side look at that there are some people that do the hand in the pocket kind of a stroll right okay thank you i think we're loose i think we're ready yeah you know, you have, to, you have to loosen up in church. You have to get ready for, for what God has to pour into us. Um, in this series, we're going to be dealing with, with four facets of family. And uh, the first part, I'm, I'm going to be talking about love in the family this week. And how many of you know that, that love is a, is a foundation, uh, the, the anchor that should be in our family, that no matter what's going on in our life, uh, we should be able to navigate with love so that we can get through the most difficult of times. Uh, the second thing that, we, that we're going to look at next week is peace in the family. And I don't know about you, but uh, I, I, I really love it when there's peace in the home and there's not chaos or disunity. Uh, and so I, I know nobody in, in second service deals with any, uh, any kind of uh, disunity in your home. First service, they, they, they deal with it, so I really talk to them you know, about that. But, we're, but all of us, we, we really want peace in the home. And then uh, the third uh, week, we're going to talk about unity in the home. And how many of us know that we need to be united in a family, that the devil tries to come in and he tries to bring disunity and, and try to divide us in the home. And we're going to see what the Bible says about how we stay as a united front. But this is so important to us, beloved, because not only is it important for our home, but it's important for our lives. In your, in your, in your workforce, when you're working and, and how the enemy wants to bring uh, disunity and to drive a wedge so you'll never get along with people. And so if you find how to do it in the home through God's perspective, then you'll be able to do it at work. You'll be able to do it at school. You'll be able to do it in other places where you don't enter into talk and, and into uh, chatter that don't matter. You actually bring positive into, into, uh, into the home. And then the last part of the series, and I ran this by my wife, and she, when I said this, uh, she was like, babe, are you sure you want to go there uh, with, with this last part in the series? And the reason for that is because when we preach something, we're usually tested in, in these areas. But, but I really felt that that uh, that there are uh, this this uh, area this facet really affects a lot of families and we're going to talk about death in the family and, and what that can do when we lose someone that we love in our family and what does the Bible say about navigating through that difficulty uh, and, and how do we how do we bring God into into that uh, because that's the reality that all of us face is that uh, we're all going to die and our loved ones are dying and and uh, you know in my family I just lost uh, my mom's sister just passed away last week 56 years old and so this is 
is ongoing. It never stops. There's always something coming up that we face. How do we face it from God's perspective? How do we face it with, with God's anchor uh, as we go through it? So uh, we're going to look at that. Every one of these uh, require our attention. And when we allow Jesus to be the center of our lives, uh, we can walk in his love. We can walk in his peace and unity and come out victorious even when death comes upon family members. And, and how many of you would agree with me that we need more love in our families? Yeah. We, we certainly don't need more hate. And, and we certainly don't need more bitterness uh, and, and more strife in our homes. And, I, and I'm, I'm convinced that I'm speaking to someone today that uh, in your home there's been a lot of strife. In your home, there's been a lot of contention. There's been a lot of anger. And I just believe that the Holy Spirit is going to speak into your life. And I just believe if you allow him, that he will pour the love of Jesus into your life and into your home. Uh, you, may, you may be here and, and, and you may not have seen it modeled in your home where there's love. And maybe there's been talk about love, but there's never, never been the action of love. Uh, my prayer is that after today, you're actually going to take steps to walk out the love of God in your home and not just talk about the love of God. It's one thing for us to talk about things. It's another thing for us to live it out. Amen? And, and so my prayer, I, I think God's intention is for us to live out what, what he wants uh, for our homes, and that is the best things, the good things of God. Uh, the first thing we need to grab a hold of, and you can look at your outline right here, is that your, your source for love is God. Your source for love is God. The Bible says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So it speaks to us and tells us that, that uh, we need to love one another. But when we, when we do walk in the love of God, that we're actually uh, uh, walking in his attributes because God is love and, and, and love comes from him. And when you're walking this out, it's because you know him. And when you have this relationship with God... You begin to know his character. You begin to know his, his ways, his attributes, and they begin to filter into your life, and you begin to live them out. And, and the more that we know God, the more that we know love. The less that we know God, the, more, the, the less that we know what true love is. And so we become conditional lovers. You ever been a conditional lover? I'll love you if. I'll love you when. And we have a lot of conditional lovers. I'll love you if you give me this. I'll love you if you do this for me. I'll love you when you change. I'll love you when you do this. The reality is that when you have this relationship with God, you find out that God loves you even when you're unlovable. God chooses to pour out his love and grace to you even when you don't deserve it. And so the more that we know God, the more that we experience him, the, the, the greater it is for you. I want to commend every person for being here today because what, really what you're saying is that I want to know God better. I want to know God in a greater way. I want to know his love. And I want to grow in his love. And, and then John goes on and he says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And that, and that speaks to me. 
You know, when, when I get ready to preach a, a, a series or a sermon like this, everything, I have to own it. And I get hit hard. So this week I got hit hard in, in, in walking in love. And all these voices, all these, uh, uh, all these thoughts came to me. Uh, and the battle began on me having to, to battle through and, and, and loving my wife and loving my, my family and loving some people in the church. Because all these negative thoughts began to come in. Why? Because the enemy of our souls doesn't want for us to walk in the love of God. And when we're not walking in love, we're really saying we don't really know God. Because when we're walking with, in the knowledge of God, when we're walking in this relationship with God, we will walk in his love. And so I'll be the first one to say that I am imperfect here. He's perfect. He's got perfect love. And our, my, my prayer for myself as well as for all of us is that we will begin to move forward and, 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 and walk in his love and reciprocate that love into others that are in our life. Um, our source for love is God. But in our home, this is, this is pretty amazing. Love, and this is on your outline, love starts with dads and with husbands. Ain't that crazy? Love starts with dad and husband. It originates with our heavenly father because God is love, but in the family unit, it starts with dads. And, and the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives. Now, that's not a suggestion, it's not a recommendation. It's not, it's not like God is saying, I recommend that you love your wife. I'm, I'm suggesting that you love your wife. I'm encouraging you that you should love your wife. It's not that. It's a, it's a command. And the reason for that is God knows best. And, and, and for, for some reason, uh, he knows better than us. And he's given, and this is what's so amazing. He's given dad, he's given husband the responsibility, but not only that, but the privilege and the honor to be able to represent God in the home. He trusts us that much. He trusts me as a, as a husband so much that he said, I am going to allow you to choose to love your wife. That's awesome. See, I don't think about it when I, when I read it and, and I begin to have this relationship with God Almighty. I don't think about it like he's, he's pushing something on me. He's trusting me with something that's big. He said, love Shauna. Love your wife. And that's why the devil fights so hard to keep us from living out God's love for our families, for our wives. And, and here's the thing, that, that love, it's a choice of the will. Because you can't always trust your feelings um, uh, when, you, when you choose to love, it's amazing how your feelings will follow. I have never, I've never done a, a, a wedding. I've never done a marriage uh, where I've met with someone for premarital counseling. I've never had one to this day. And I've done a lot of weddings where uh, someone has said, I don't love that person. Never. I've never had that happen. Never had someone sit in front of me and say, I don't love that person. Now, six months after, I've had many. 
I've had some that have come back and they've sat in front of us and said, I don't love this person. I, I, I don't know who this person is. Now hear me. I, don't, I didn't know this about this person. Now think about it. If you say we don't love, we don't, we don't know God. Right? Because the source of our love is who? God. And when you love God, when you know God, you walk in his love. So, so we, we, we get to this place. I, I, don't, I don't think I love them anymore. But love isn't a feeling. Love is a choice. It's a choice of the will. And, and, and he goes on, right? Um, and he says, you know, love, husbands, love your wife. He entrusted you to do that. And, and he says, if you choose that, your feelings are going to follow. You know, King David in, in Psalm 18, verse 1, he says this. He says, I will love you, O Lord. I will love you, O Lord. I will make a choice of my will to love you, O Lord. Big emphasis on will. And the crazy thing about the word love right there is the word rakam in Hebrew. And that word is translated as your bowel or your womb, the very innermost place. It could be translated like this, from my, inner, from my inmost bowels will I, will I love thee, O Lord. From that very, very centerpiece. Have you ever heard someone say, I, I, have, a, I have a gut feeling I have a gut feeling that, 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 that I need to move in this situation. I need to move in this relationship. Something in my gut tells me that's exactly that. That's where we get that word, that, that phrase from. It's from that word, rakam. It, it says, I will choose to love you, O Lord, from the very innermost place. I will make a choice to love you, and my feelings will follow. Because David faced some circumstances in his life that were very difficult. He had some opposition that was very difficult. He said, I will choose to love you, O Lord. How many of us will say, I will choose to love you, wife? I will choose to love you, mom. I will choose to love you from the innermost place. Love is a is a decision that we choose to make or we choose not to make. In fact, the, the, the greatest expression of love is, is choice. Did you know that? The greatest expression of love is that you get to choose. It's not forced upon you. And you know what's a, one of some of the greatest testimonies that, that I've heard is even people that have gone divorced and the people that are walking in Christ people that have found Christ maybe in their divorce or through their divorce, that they can say later on, I love my ex more today than I ever did because I found God, and it's a choice. And, and maybe you're in here and you've, you've gone through a divorce and you've gone through a, a, a difficult uh, breakup and the kids have been put through all kinds of difficulties and there's so much yucky that comes with that because hate, hate is an ugly place to be. And bitterness is an ugly place to live. It's a, it, and, 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 you know, uh, chatter, uh, slander is a horrible place to be. But when you let God come in and you make a choice to love the way that he chose to love you, it changes things. It changes your heart. It changes your life. And I was blessed last week by, by a book uh, by Derek Prince. And Kim, thank you for, for blessing your pastor with being able to read that. It's called Husbands and Fathers. And 
uh, Kim uh, Jacobo. Um, she leads our, our nursery and uh, doing a great job. In fact, give Kim a big hand for what she's doing. <clears throat> and she, she gave me this book, and I've been just eating it up. It's just a wonderful book, and, and, it's, and I, I learned some things that, were, that, that I didn't know uh, from, from this scholar. And, and he talked about six responsibilities that God has given dads and husbands. Now, let's just hold on to the fact that God has given a husband the role to, to reveal love in the home, Okay. And, and so uh, here's the first responsibility. And I want you to write these down. Uh, and then we're going to talk to women right now. But we're going to talk to men first, okay? The first one is you need to love your wife. You need to love your wife. And I shared on Father's Day, if you remember, that I, 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 we went to alldads, allprodads.com. And they said the, the, the greatest thing that we can uh, give our children, our family, the greatest gift we can give our children is for us to love our, our wives, right? And so not only do we see that uh, in, in, uh, in the world, but we, f- we find it because of Scripture. God doesn't lie, and God doesn't keep anything good from us. The greatest thing that we can do is to love our wife. It's God's blueprint. And love in the family, hear me now, love in the family starts with dad. We're going to go right now to what starts with mom, okay? But love in the family starts with, with dad. So dad, husband, take a note of that, okay? The second thing that is a responsibility and we should walk it out is it's important for us to receive input. It's important for dads and husbands to receive input. In other words, don't be hard-headed. Don't think you know it all. There's another word for, for not receiving input, and that's being stiff-necked. In, in, in the Old Testament, uh, the, the, the people of God that would walk contrary to God were called stiff-necked. And they walked like this. They walked proud. But when, you, when we incline our, our head, our ears, to listen, we receive input, right? And, and, and our wives have a lot of wisdom. It's called intuition, a woman's intuition is incredible, and, uh, and, and, and not only uh, um, for the husband, but for the family. Uh, so don't, don't make it difficult for her to speak into your circumstances with this God-given intuition. Uh, we should be very, very intentional about receiving input. And, and here's another thing that's vital as I was processing this, this important responsibility. Um, when we listen to our children, and our children go through different stages. So they go through the infancy stage, the baby stage, then they move into toddlers, and then they move into uh, children, and then they move into adolescent, and then young adults. Every stage is vital because every stage you begin to grow in relationship with them. And I see some dads in here with their, with their sons on their lap, and I think that's wonderful. Uh, but you grow in relationship with them. But as they grow older, you, what, what's important is that you begin to listen to your children because God will, will build leadership abilities in them when you listen to them and you say that's a good idea that's that's good what you said is very good and and then you coach them through how to lead and how to communicate but if you never listen to them if you if this is your, what you say to them you do this because this is what i said this is what i said this is what you're going to do it now there's a time that you might say that but that shouldn't be your that shouldn't be uh how you how you live out that relationship with your children you should grow in this relationship. And, as, and some of the greatest moments, some of the greatest teaching moments in my parenting 
were whenever I said to my kids, I blew it. I blew it. I, I shouldn't have said that. And, and you grow in that. So it's very important, beloved, that we receive input. The third thing, uh, men, is that we make decisions. We make decisions. When, when we make room for communication and prayer for decisions in our life, uh, that is vital. And dad, you need to lead in making decisions. Don't make all the decision making. Uh, don't leave all the decision making to your wife. She wasn't called to do that. That's a sin of omission. If your wife is making all the financial decisions, do not be upset when your finances are in bad shape. When, 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 you're, when, when the kids are, are doing things that, that, that maybe irk you, don't be upset when you're not making decisions in the kid's life. When Adam and Eve sinned, one of Adam's sin was the sin of omission, not commission. It was omission. It was him not being there. It was him not saying what needed to be said to Eve. He could have very easily said, Eve, you know, you should not have eaten that apple or that fruit. Don't tell us if it was an apple or it was a forbidden fruit. He said he could have just took a stand and made a decision, but he didn't. And men are plagued with that. We're plagued with not making decisions. We need to know that we bear the responsibility of what happens in the home. Because you are the head of the home, you bear the responsibility of what's going on there. Number four, you initiate action. You initiate action. Dads, you love your family when you're not an idle decision maker. You have to help the family move forward to where God is leading them by leading the way. Don't, only, don't just talk. Move. Lead. Remember that there's a time to pray and there's a time to move. And, and I'll tell you, I can fall into this. It's a lot easier to let my wife make all the decisions. It's a lot easier for her to take all the action. It's a lot easier for us. But the reality is that God didn't call me to that. God called me to lead in the home. And that's vital. We love our families when we lead. Number five, we nourish and we cherish and I love what uh, uh, Derek Prince said in his book. He said, one word should describe this attitude of every husband toward his wife. And the attitude that every husband should have toward his wife is that you are special. There's no one like Shauna Reese. No one. There's a lot of awesome ladies in, in, in this world, but there's no one as special as Shauna. I should nourish and cherish her special qualities. Paul wrote this. He said, husbands ought to love their own wives. And I, and I want you to kind of uh, either underline, circle their own wives. That's important. Because we're going to find that. We're going to find that also with the wives. We're going to find how he talks about them, about their own husbands. Husbands ought to love their own wives as they love their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Look at, look at the love word right there. For no one ever hated his own flesh or his body, but you nourish and you cherish it. As just as the Lord does the church. And here's what I know about, as I read this, the mystery is that this relationship that God the Father has with me, because of Christ, he loves me and he wants to nourish and cherish my relationship with him. He loves me. I, I'm special to him. You are very special to God. Every person here is special to God. And he wants to nourish this relationship. He wants to cherish it as well. And then number six, and this is something that, that we really struggle with, is give praise. Give praise. 
Proverbs 31, 28, and 29 help us with a family who praises each other when it says this. Her children, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. He says, many daughters have done well, but you, wife, but you, mom of my kids, you excel them all. We love our wives when we give them praise. Our kids are more secure when we, when we give them praise. Uh, Dad, this is something that we press toward in Christ, right? We, we press toward it. We, 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 we push and we praise our, our wives and our kids. Now let's talk, about, let's talk to moms and wives. How do, we, how do we walk in this love? How do we secure this love in the family? Here's the, here's the roles for mom and wives. Here's five essentials, and I just absolutely love them. The first one is mom, wife, you are helper. She is helper. Can I let you in on a secret? Do you want to know why God created a woman? Because men need a lot of help. Just think, think with me. Have, have, you ever, have you ever had a, a husband, a dad, in front of a closet? And they, they're saying, where, where are my shoes? Or where's my tie? Or where are my, where are my socks? And you said, it's in that closet. It's, it's right there on the left side. And, and they stand there for five, ten minutes. And they say, I, I don't see it. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't see it. And then you walk the mom, wife, even with your kids, not usually with daughters, but with sons. And you walk over there and you say, there it is, right there, right where I told you. Men need a lot of help. And not only does a, does a wife or a mom complete the husband and the family, but mom, wife, you make your family better. And the Holy Spirit, he's the third person of the Godhead. He's God the Spirit. And you know what, what's the name that is given to the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is our helper. Think about how big that is for you as a mom and a wife. Just like the Holy Spirit, we're lost without him in our walk with Christ. Husbands, dads, children are lost without a mom. They're lost without a wife. You are the helper that God has made the vehicle for your family to be better. And you're awesome because of it, right? Number two, the, 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 the other role that you need to walk in is she respects her husband and she submits to her husband. And this is very controversial. You know, you, you, you say, we're living in 20,019. Come on, well, what do you mean we submit to our husbands? It, it goes against our flesh, but the reality is God has made men with a need for respect and God has made every man as the head of the home because God, God has seen that that is the proper order that it's supposed to be. And, and mom and wife, you're the instrument and you're the vehicle which has been created to accomplish this. And the apostle Paul put it very clearly. He says, wives, submit and here's where I was, was going to go to. Submit to who? To your own husbands. 
as to the Lord. That's a big statement right there. And so what it tells me, respect your own husbands, you know, uh, uh, submit to him as a head. And, and it speaks to us of, of the importance that you don't compare your husband with other people. One of the worst things is, is, is for a wife to say, well, uh, babe, I, I wish you were like Brady, or I wish that you were like Joseph, and I wish you were like Rick, and I wish you were like Mike. I'm not Brady. I'm not Joseph. I'm not Rick. I'm not Mike. I'm James. And, and so, so as we walk in that and, and you learn to submit, but not only is it important for you, it's important for the family because if there's something that, that we lack in this society is we lack proper respect for authority and proper submission for authority. And when this is lacking in the home, hear me now, when this is lacking in the home, it will be lacking in the schools. When it's lacking in the schools, it will be lacking in the workplace. When it's lacking in the workplace, it's going to be lacking in society and even governing authorities. And you begin to walk with chaos instead of structure and order. The further we get away from this, the more disrespectful our society gets. Right? Now, number three. She supports or upholds. She supports or upholds. Have you ever noticed how God made the body? This is the head. But the head without the body, without the support, and without it being upheld, will not be able to do anything. And so I know how important my spine is to me. I know how important my posture is to me. I know how important for me to have, you know, uh, the proper support so that my head will function in the way it needs to be functioning. And that's exactly how it is in the home. That wives and moms, when you're supporting your husband in the way that he needs and upholding him, he's going to be able to go through all the difficulties that he's facing. One of the greatest attributes is, uh, is, is whenever you, you're going through the, the, the difficulties of life and you have maybe a bad week for your wife to be there, for, your, for the mom to be there, to support the family. And God is, think about it, God has entrusted you with that. He's saying, I, I, I love you so much and I trust you so much that I'm going to trust that you're going to support your husband when he's going through the most difficult of times. You're going to support your children when, when everyone's coming against them, when they're being bullied. You're going to support your children. You're going to stand with them through the most difficult of times. He's entrusted you with that. And when you walk in that, you teach them to do the same. And then the family unit goes uh, through generation and generation. We see it function in a way that's, that's healthy. Do you think that God made a mistake when he said that? Did, did God make a mistake? You know, why would he put the man as the head? Why, why would he do that? Why would he say wives support your husbands or respect your husbands? Why? Because a man needs that. You're not going to function the way you need to function if you don't have respect. Now, here's another thing is that, that you know, if wives don't, don't uphold and actually even, even encourage and push their husbands to make decisions, if they make all the decisions, if they lead in the home, the husband will never be able to live out his God-given function in life. So we work together to make that happen. Number four, she encourages. The Holy Spirit is not only our helper. Another word for the Holy Spirit is he is our counselor. He's our encourager. And wives and moms, one of your, your primary responsibilities is to encourage your husband and encourage your children. 
Just like the Holy Spirit is, is, is here and he encourages us in our walk with Jesus and he empowers us to walk in his uh, uh, righteousness, wife, you, you have the ability to encourage your husband and your children when, when, when the workforce, when the, when the school, uh, when the peer pressure are coming and they're discouraging them. And, and this, is, this is what promotes love in the home. When, when you're walking out those God-given roles, there's harmony in your home. And there's love in your home. Husbands, when you love your wife and when you, when you make decisions, you let her function in the way that God intended her to. Wives, when you, when you, when you respect him and when you actually say, hey, I'm not going to make this decision. I'm not going to make this financial decision. I, I, need, I need your input. This falls on you. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to make this, this uh, parental uh, decision. This falls on you. This falls on us together. But you need to make a choice. You need to say something. You see, you're, you're submitting. You're respecting. When you don't do that, let me tell you what happens. When you don't do that, uh, kids go to their moms and, 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 they, and they, they, they drive a wedge. They say, you know what, dad said this, but mom will make the decision. And what you have in the home is you have brokenness. You, you don't have unity. And we'll talk about that. Everything works together. There's not love. There's not love, mom. There's not love, wife, when you're not allowing your husband to make the decisions. And, and husband, you're not loving your wife. You're not loving your kids, your, your kid's mother if, if you don't make the decisions in the home. Because that's what God intended. Right? And the, and the last responsibility and the last role that, that a wife plays, in a, and, I'll, and I'll tell you that, that when I see homes that are walking in the love of God, the major reason for this is because of number six, uh, the, the sixth role for a, for a wife and a mom, is that she prays and she intercedes for her husband and her family. I hear, I hear two different kinds of, of, of parents. I hear the parents that are always talking about each other and how bad their families are. Parents that, that, that talk about, husbands that talk about their wives and she's this, she's that. Wives that talk about her husband, he's this, he's that. Instead, a wife that prays for her husband and says, Lord, you can do things in my husband that are greater than what I could ever do. You can change the circumstance better than I could ever do. And we pray for our families. We pray for our families. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m., at 6 a.m., we have this, this place filled with people that are praying, men and women, but the women that are, that are here, it's amazing to hear them pray. And can I say something about these women? What I'm seeing is as we started to pray, guess who's coming in the doors? Their family, their, their, their children, their, 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 their uh, uh, adult children that weren't in church, that weren't walking with God, I'm seeing them walk through the doors because the moms are taking the initiative to pray for their families and pray for their children. The greatest thing that you could do, mom, is pray. Peter stopped Jesus. And he said, I'm not going to let you go to that cross. Lord, I'm not going to let you. I, 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 won't, I won't let you do that. I won't let them do that. And, and Jesus looked at Peter and said, do you understand, Peter, that Satan 
He asked permission. Hear me now. That's a context. He asked permission to sift you like wheat, to cut you out of this life. And then he said to him, but I prayed to the Father. But I prayed to the Father. And when you're restored, I want you to go and I want you to strengthen your brothers. Now hear me. Why am I saying that? Because Jesus is our great intercessor. Jesus is the one that prays for us. But mom, God has placed a special gifting in you to pray. To pray for your families. To stop the chatter that don't matter. And to bring encouragement into the home. And to bring respect into the home. It's a wonderful privilege. One of these days, God in heaven, our Father in heaven, the the one where we get family from, he's going to look at you and he's going to say, well done, because you submitted to your husband. You, You made him make the choices that he needed to make. He can never be the man of God if he doesn't make those choices. He's got to own, he's got to own that he's, that he's uh, uh, living out the role that I gave him. He's got to own it. I've got to own it. Anyone in here ever run a company? Everyone, anyone run a company? Who makes your decisions? Your workforce? The biggest contract you've ever had. You say, what do you, th- what do you think? We're going to go with whatever you think. Or do you own that decision when you get input? That's who, that's who we are as dads. We love our family when we make decisions. We love our family when we move them forward in the things of God. And so some of you moms, you might be saying, well, what do you mean? But submit to my husband. Let me tell you what Ephesians chapter 5, before he says, Wives, submit to your husbands. It says, submit to one another in the love of Christ. And so we submit ourselves to one another. See, in the family of God, it's not, I'm going to lord over you. I'm going to step over you. In fact, Jesus calls us to be servants to one another. Amen? To serve one another in the love of Christ. But in the family, beloved, if you want to have love, rule, dad, you got to lead. Wives, you got to respect. Moms, you have to submit and let God do the rest. Amen? I'm just telling you what God says. This is what God says. And, and it might not say what, it might not be what Dr. Phil says. It might not be what Oprah or, you know, I, I don't, I got to be true to what the Word of God says. This will change your family. That's why don't we, why don't we applaud every dad that brought their families to church today? Why don't we applaud every mom that prays for their families today? And every child, every, every young person You're honoring your parents by being here. We're going to applaud you today as well. Can we bow our heads and we'll pray.
Maybe you're here this morning and you've never um, you've never taken a step and said, I, I, I need God in my life. And even more than that, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. You see, I believe God brought you here for that very reason. And you won't know family until you know God because he's the originator of family. You won't understand how family's supposed to function. In fact, I believe there's some people in here that you've never seen healthy family. You won't know healthy family until you know the father of lights, who is God. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and that prayer is just to usher you into a relationship with God Almighty. You can pray along with me. In fact, I invite you to. It's simple as saying, God, I, I, I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. And I'm tired of trying to live my life without you. Today, I'm making the choice to take a step and become a follower of Jesus. And I admit that I'm imperfect and I fall short in so many ways. But thank you for loving me despite my many failures and my mistakes. Today, with my mouth, I confess that Jesus Christ died for all of my failures and my mishaps, my sins on the cross at Calvary. I also believe he rose from the dead on the third day so that he could offer me complete forgiveness and a new start. So today I choose to receive your complete restoration. And I choose to follow Christ from this day forward in the fellowship of his church. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, with all heads bowed, I would love for you, if you prayed this prayer, for you just to acknowledge it with raising your hands so that God can see what you've done. And it's between you and God and between, uh, yes, I see your hand. Beautiful. I see your hands. Praise God. And so I want to pray a general prayer. First of all, let's give God praise for those people that raise their hand. I think that's wonderful. But I also want to pray a prayer over us as, as family and for the love of God to reign in our family, for it to rule in our family. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every person here. All of us had a start. All of us in here have a mom and a dad. Lord, I don't know the ins and the outs. I don't know uh, the function or dysfunction in the families and every person here, but I know that you've given us a plan and your plan is perfect. And today, Father, I've tried as your communicator, as your messenger to lay out that plan from your word. My prayer is, Lord, that we will choose today to walk in your ways. Father, we need your love. We need your love for us as individuals. We need your love for our children. We need your love for our spouses. We need your love for our brothers and our sisters. Because without you, Lord, we can't love. Our love is conditional without you. We pray for your unconditional love to fill us today. And that agape, Lord God, for it to be expressed into the lives of those you bring in our lives, but especially in our family. I pray for the brokenness to be restored. I pray, Lord God, for the hurt to be healed. 
I pray for the discouraged to be encouraged, Lord God, for those that don't know you, for them to walk out knowing you and let them walk out with true love in their hearts and in their souls. And we pray this in the mighty name, the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We declare your goodness over this service. We pray, Father, that we can leave here encouraged and that we can be a blessing to others as you're a blessing to us. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said amen. Let's stand up and worship our King. God. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.